another day of winter meetings for baseball. Uh, the Detroit Tigers stayed quiet yet again on Tuesday, but moved up in the draft lottery. We have the Rule 5 draft to talk about. We have some more Scott Harris comments to go over. Loaded episode all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. All right, we are back for another day of winter meetings talk, and it's another day that is very quiet on the Tigers' front of winter meetings. Um, I understand. Okay, I understand a lot of people are, are the patience is running thin. A lot of people are really frustrated and seeing all this talent fly off the board and none of it is to the Detroit Tigers. We've done nothing. We've objectively done nothing. I, I am with you. Okay, completely agree. I, I am in the same boat. My patience, I wish we would do something as well. It's important to remember a couple of things. Just because we didn't improve on Tuesday, December 6th, doesn't mean that we won't get better. This is still a very long offseason. Now, a lot of moves happen on winter meetings, but there is still a lot of talent still on the board. And we have like three months to still improve this roster. Okay. Not every move has to happen this week. Now, that is admittedly me being an optimist because I am also a human and a fan first above everything. And I'm with you. I, I I wish I had a move to talk about today too. I wish I could fire up the, this studio and, and tell y'all about how we brought in somebody and, and we could get in arguments about whether it's a good move or a bad move. And I, I, I agree. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. We still have a lot of holes to fill and other teams are, are filling their holes and we have not done anything to address ours yet. Doesn't mean we're not going to, though. It just isn't going to be with the players that are already getting signed. That's all. Okay? So I understand. I feel you. But here we are. Let's talk about the stuff that did happen on Tuesday. Okay? Because there's still a lot that did. Um, We moved up three spots in the draft lottery. That was awesome. Heck yeah. You kidding me? We'll take some Detroit lottery luck. Now, I'm not like jumping up and down, throwing a parade excited uh, because at the end of the day, it's still baseball. And if you know anything about the baseball draft, you know that the baseball draft is the highest bust rate in all of sports comfortably. Uh, baseball is the hardest sport to scout in comfortably. And it is the yeah most difficult to hit on in the draft comfortably. Um, so higher draft position does not automatically mean that you're getting a better player. That's not how the baseball draft works, unfortunately. Now, I'm not trying to just like pour cold water over excitement because on the flip side, objectively, there's nothing ever bad about moving up. You just have more talent to choose from. Makes getting it right way more important. But 
it's never a bad thing to have a higher draft pick. So awesome, successful day. Very, very cool. Uh, there, you know, people immediately try to ask me about, uh, you know, like who, you know, is it too early to talk? Like, who are we taking at number three, whatever. Um, I, I love the excitement. I really do. It is too early to answer, to answer that question. We still have, the season has to be played for this draft class. Like the next draft, that season hasn't even been played yet. It hasn't even started yet. So we're, we're still a, a ways away. There's some, some pitching. At the very, very top, there's also some hitting at the very top. This is a, a pretty deep hitting class, I, I can tell you that so far. Um, we, that's kind of been forming, honestly, for the last like year and a half now. People have been talking about how this class was not necessarily super top-heavy with hitting talent, but, but definitely uh, deep with hitting talent. There's an incredible high school bat in this draft. There is... Uh, a lot, uh, honestly, of college bats that currently are projected to go in the top of the draft. But again, there's a whole season to play that can change so much and will change so much from now until the MLB draft, which we will do a ton of coverage of. That's like one of my favorite things. I love ball. Okay. I just love baseball. And for those who maybe are, are newer to the show and weren't listening during the last draft season, or I think I actually covered two drafts ago too. I think I just gotten the gig. I'm trying to remember. I think I did. I think it was pretty early on, like a month in to, to me getting this, this job. I'm pretty sure I, I did that draft as well. So no, I definitely did. Cause it was Job. So yeah, I a hundred percent did. Um, so I love draft season and I love college baseball too. And I love high school baseball and I just love baseball. So like I am acclimated with these guys and uh, we will certainly talk about them. We'll have other experts on. I I have a ton of uh, like friends in that community and the scouting community and stuff that we'll have on. It'll be a grand old time. Okay. But that time is not on Wednesday, December 7th when we still have an entire season to play in that draft. But moving up in the draft, objectively a great thing. No downside to getting a higher pick. We were supposed to have six. We left with three. That's good news. Great day to be a Tigers draft fan. (laughs) Yet to be seen on if it's a great day to be a Tigers fan, but definitely a great day for the draft. Um, Yeah, you know, the lottery I thought went pretty well it went okay uh you know they they were kind of over explaining it i think at times but it's the first ever draft lottery so i i get that it was it, it went well i thought the broadcast was pretty fine they made it pretty accessible it was just like live streamed online as well as on mlb network that's something that baseball always sucks at so it was good to see it be pretty accessible um and yeah tigers leave with the the third overall pick they had the sixth highest odds the number one got number three we'll gladly take it baby We'll gladly take it. Um, okay, let's talk about Scott Harris, shall we? That sounds like a fun thing to do, doesn't it? Also, I continuously, like I just get notifications all the time because I'm just completely locked into winter meetings and I just want to know every single move that's happening. And so, <laughs> like even as I'm recording, like my phone buzzes and it's Twitter and I'm like, oh, got to make sure that no one's signing anywhere. So, Let's talk about Scott Harris. Let's just do that. Let's jump right into it. Uh, He had some more media availability today. 
And I, well, for starters, he was asked about the draft. He said it was great. You know, it's always good when you can get higher and higher end talent. He also had a quote there where he said, we're going to get to a place where we will not have to be picking at the top of the draft. And we are not picking at the top of the draft. That's nice to hear. That's pretty much the only analysis I have on that comment. It's nice to hear for sure. I don't think anyone is taking that. Like, I think the honeymoon phase is pretty much over with Scott Harris for a lot of people, at least. I don't think anyone's hearing that and going like, oh my goodness, like his passion, his drive. Like, no, that's like, that's, that's, that should be every GM's job to not pick high in the draft. Cause that means you had a good season. So uh, very nice to hear. I'm not saying it's a negative either. I'm just saying like, it's not like a, a gleaming positive at this point, but there you go. That's something he said. So we have to talk about it. He also talked about Comerica Park. Look, as a society, I think we need to move on from asking about the dimensions of Comerica Park. I've made my stance very clear. I don't want to go on like a 10-minute rant right now about Comerica Park and the dimensions. I will try to sum it up as quickly as possible for those who are maybe new listeners and have not heard my long spiel about the dimensions of Comerica Park. In short, I don't care. And I don't say that about like anything baseball related ever, but I truly don't. I have not been able to find it in my heart. I've tried because so many other people are to get really passionate about the dimensions of Comerica Park. They've been the dimensions my entire life. We have had teams hit a boatload of home runs. When the team got worse, the home runs got lower. Not saying that center field dimensions don't matter. They obviously do, but it's not that deep to right and left. And certainly we have had some 420 foot flyouts. And Nick Castellanos was super upset about it. And Miggy's been robbed of some home runs. And Riley Green was robbed of a homer. And I understand. And if you want to move them in, that's fine. But like, I genuinely just want people to stop complaining about the park. So, like, if that means moving the fence in 10 feet in dead center, so be it. But, like, we have a pitcher's park. That's cool sometimes, and that sucks sometimes. That's the nature of having a pitcher's park. Same way that in Yankee Stadium, it's really cool sometimes to have a hitter's park. It sucks sometimes to have a hitter's park. That's how it works. I, I, I When the team got worse, they hit less homers. Like, the, the, the Comerica wasn't the 30th ranked amount of home runs hit park in when the team was winning the division every year. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to go on a huge rant. I've already been talking about this like a minute longer than I wanted to. Scott Harris did make comments about it though. And he basically said that, cause that's what we're going to focus on. What he said, not my opinion, what Scott Harris thinks. He essentially said that, he just wants to be all in or all out or all one way or another, I guess I should say, with is it a pitcher's park or a hitter's park? He doesn't want to be in a situation where it could go either way or like walk the fine line, which kind of to me implies that we're not going to move the fences in, which I'm fine with. And if somebody is like, oh, you're dumb, they need to move the fences in. You're right. Sure. I don't care anymore. I don't. Um, but Scott Harris's comments – he made it sound like that that wasn't a top priority at least because right now it's a pitcher's park. And if he wants to play, cause he, he cited that he wants to 
build the team around the dimensions of the park. That's the park we play in 81 times a year. He wants to structure the roster around the advantages that we have in the environment we play in. There you go. Those are his quotes. Those are his thoughts. If you really are a huge believer that they need to move the fence in, I would not hold my breath because those comments don't imply that. But we will still see. He also said, I don't have an update on the situation. So if it was finalized, like, hey, we're not moving the fences in, he, I feel like he would just say that. So clearly it's still being discussed. So maybe do hold your breath. No, don't hold your breath. That's bad for you. Okay. Let's get into the other comments that he made. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Simply Safe, the best security system out there. At Locked On Tigers, we believe the home should be where you and your family feels the safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Tigers listeners 40% off of a new security system. So don't put it off. I love it for a lot of reasons. One, it's named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for the third year in a row, mind you. They have been named the best home security system. They have an emergency 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if a threat is real so you can get a higher priority police response. They have 24-7 professional monitoring that costs under a dollar a day. That's less than half the price of traditional home security systems. They have the top-rated app where you can arm and disarm. You can let guests in. You can access your camera all from your fingertips. So don't miss the chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off of the entire system at simplysafe.com slash MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment two here at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Some more quotes from Scott Harris. Let's just get through the media availability, talk about what he talked about. Uh, says the team is busy. Whatever you want to do with that information, Scott Harris says that your baseball team's front office is busy. Said that they don't have a trade to announce to show how busy they are. But clearly, the trade market and the free agency market have not been, quote-unquote, sluggish. And, quote, even if on Twitter it doesn't look like anything's happening, end quote. So basically just telling fans, I know that moves haven't been made. That doesn't mean we aren't working hard and we aren't trying to make the team better and that there still isn't moves to come. I don't know what you want me to say. Like, he's objectively right. We haven't made moves. They don't have a trade to announce or else we'd be talking about it. But I, I don't. I would hope that no one thinks that Scott Harris, three months after getting like his dream job of like running a front office, is just like feet up at, in San Diego at winter meetings, like with a scotch in hand, smoking a cigar, and just like doesn't care either. Like I, I don't think that's the case either. I'm sure that they that front office is working incredibly hard, and it just hasn't resulted in a move happening yet. I I. I yeah, there you go. There's my breakdown of that quote. I believe him. Okay, cool. Next up, we have, um, let's talk about the payroll a little bit. So this was something that came up when Boyd got signed. You know, everybody was like, oh, you know, he took $10 million out of the payroll. And we discussed the possibility of that. And 
you know, if he was given a budget, if Scott Harris was given a budget by Illich that, you know, how smart of it was to use 10 million of that on Matthew Boyd in 2023. So he was asked if there was a budget and he basically said, I'm not telling you the budget, but there is a payroll that we have in mind. Uh, I think the exact quote was uh, he has a firm idea. They have a firm idea of what the payroll will be, but strategically doesn't make sense to make it public. There were some people that were like, he's lying. You know why he's lying? Because he won't say the number. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> it is. Let's get one thing very clear. Okay. It is preposterous to think that any team would make their budget public. <laughs> but do you know how much of a strategic advantage you would have over another team if you knew how much money they were allowed to spend from their owner? No, he's not going to say that number, man. P- people get mad over the craziest stuff. Oh, my goodness. Like, there's so many things you can point to and be like, I'm frustrated with that. I'm being impatient with that. I want this to improve. Him not saying the budget is not one of those things, dog. Golly. Um, ugh, r- ridiculous. Anyway, it makes sense that he wouldn't say it public. But also the main point of it is that he said – They do have a payroll in mind. They have a pretty good idea of what they think the payroll is going to be. That would lead you to believe that. I mean, there's a lot of questions with that. Is it less than last year's? Is it the same as last year's? Is it higher than last year's? I guess those are really the only three options. But with Jonathan Scope has a year left and then his money's off the books. Then you have Miguel Cabrera, obviously one more year at almost 30 mil. Then he's off the books. And then you have the opt-outs. I don't think Javi's opting out, but uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has an opt-out after this season. I know he didn't really play that much this past season, but um, with have you seen the money starting pitchings, pitching pitchers? Jeez, I can't speak. Have you seen the money that starting pitchers are getting? I don't think it's ridiculous to think that Eduardo might opt out. I think we're still a far way away from assuming that. But uh, just because of how little he pitched last year. Um, but I think that that's a very like legitimate possibility as well. So with all the money that's set to come off the books next year, even if you don't include Erod, which we won't right now, he's still very much on the team. And uh, again, like he has to pitch a lot more to kind of get in that territory where it makes sense for him to opt out. Miguel Cabrera and Scope off the books in a year. Maybe you is that a factor into it, but also like big name free agents are flying off the board and we're not in on any of them. So I'm not sure how many like big money guys are are left out there outside of like Rodon and maybe a few others. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, like, obviously there's a budget and obviously we don't get to know it. Okay. Um, Only other quote I really want to talk about was the fact that he said that no players were untouchable and that that is something that will remain constant throughout the entire era of him. That was a really weird way to word that. Throughout his entire tenure, uh, he will never have anybody be quote-unquote untouchable. And I like that, for whatever that's worth. I like that. Like, we're breaking down quotes. I mean, golly. Like, (laughs) I promise, I promise I wish we were talking about a move. We're breaking down quotes during the busiest baseball offseason week of the year. 
And for the third day in a row, we're talking about quotes. Like, I get it. But this is what we got. Um, And, uh, yeah, for whatever it's worth, I don't think that any player should ever be untouchable either. I think that that's ridiculous. I think if someone pays the the proper price to to of, of equal value to the player that you are holding on to, you should always consider it. That doesn't mean that some players shouldn't have a ton of value. I'm not saying everybody should just be traded, but I I subscribe to that same belief. I don't think anyone ever is is untouchable. Okay, let's talk about the Rule 5 draft coming up, and then we'll riff a little bit about uh, other moves that have happened, news and notes from around the league. We'll do that right after I tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those over there as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. What do you guys want to talk about? I guess really quickly, Josh Lester, former Tiger, former Mud Hen, was signed by the Baltimore Orioles on a minor league deal. I don't think he is on the 40-man. So there you go. Josh Lester, no longer with the organization, was a really cool story last year, hit really well uh, this season, 2022. He was a really good story, you know, hit, hit really well in AAA. Finally got a call up, finally got some major league at-bats, unfortunately couldn't record his first major league hit in those few at-bats, but did achieve the goal and, and made a major league roster at one point. So super cool story, and hopefully he can find a 40-man roster or a major league roster again over there in Baltimore. But uh, he goes over to the Orioles, and that's kind of it for news and notes. There you go. Josh Lester to Baltimore, the big news out of Tigers camp today. Um Let's talk about the Rule 5, and then we will just talk about news and notes from around the league. So the Rule 5 draft is today as you're listening to this. If you're listening to this at night, you already know who we picked, and so good for you. Congrats. You know more than I do in this moment. Congratulations. Um, So let's talk about what's going to happen. The Tigers can skip this pick. You don't have to take anyone in the Rule 5 draft. You can just say, no, thank you. We're not taking someone who's been in the minor leagues for the last five years and forcing them to stay on their major league roster all year. Because that's what the rule five is. Anybody who has five years, who is five years removed from getting added to the professional baseball, whether that's the draft or an international signing, five or six years, depending on which one of those two things you are. And you have never been on the 40-man roster. Guess what? You are eligible for the Rule 5 draft. And we've talked about this a little bit before when we had all of our, you know, who are we going to protect and who are we not going to protect stuff going on a couple of weeks ago. Um, We added those five players because we didn't want them to be available for the Rule 5 draft. So we added them to our 40-man roster. And so the pool of players eligible to be taken in the Rule 5 is massive. It is a ton. It is everyone who is at year five of professional baseball and not on a 40-man roster in the entire sport. It is a massive number. So there's no way we can talk about every single player that's like available. But there are some names that I want to highlight. 
and just like keep an eye out for it. Now the odds of me, like it's such a big pool that the odds of me even like nailing this are slim because I'm not going to go through like 10 or 15 names. I have four names that kind of jumped out as me at me of like might fit positional needs might fit what we are trying to build next season Four. We don't even have a top four pick. <laughs> and again, we could even go up there and Scott Harris can be like, none of these dudes move me. We're just not picking in the rule five draft. And then we just don't have one. Now, Alavila loved the rule five draft. Oh my goodness. He loved it. It was like Christmas morning to him. Every single year, the rule five draft would come along and, and we would all wake up and milk and cookies and, and, Oh, who are we going to get this year? And, uh, you know, to his credit, got some longer term major league players, whether they're everyday starters or not found, found some talent in the rule five draft. So hats off to Al. I can't believe, can't believe we're talking about that, but, uh, it is something that was very, very popular in the last regime. And we'll see what Scott Harris's opinion of it is. So before I go through those names, I just want to make it clear. We might not take anyone. You might be listening to this and the rule five draft is over and we didn't take anybody. You can just like skip through this. Actually, please don't. So first up, I want to talk about Matt Gorski for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He is a right-handed hitting outfielder. Spoiler alert, of these four, they're all bats and three of them are outfielders because I think that makes the most sense. I think you need to sign an infielder. Like you're not getting your starting third baseman in the rule five draft. Um, Cause at the end of the day, these are a lot of shots in the dark. The history of like players that were rule five drafts and ended up being everyday starters or like all stars is like single digits. So you're not going to find your, your third starting third baseman of the future uh, tomorrow or today as you're listening to this. Right. So I, I figured Outfield made more sense. And like you have a lot of young pitchers. I'm not sure you really want to take any innings away from them, but there's also more pitchers than any other position. So like maybe it's easier to take a pitcher. Again, you're seeing the roller coaster of a thought process that everybody has during the Rule Five draft. It's a vast pool of players to choose from. But in my head, you need a right handed outfielder, and you don't necessarily need them to be an everyday starter. You now. I would love you to sign an everyday starting right-handed outfielder. Don't get me wrong. But if you just wanted a righty just because you need a right-handed outfielder, you can address that at least in the Rule 5 draft. And then if you get other talent, then whatever. You cut them. They go back to the team they were originally on. Just like what happened with Will Vest with us, right? Will Vest was drafted in the Rule 5 draft by the Mariners. He made it halfway through the season. He had a high ERA. The Mariners said, see ya. And if you cut someone that's a Rule 5 pick in their first year after being drafted with them, they go back to the team they came from. So now Will Vest is back and like a pretty solid reliever for us, okay? So now that we got all of that explaining out of the way, Matt Gorski, okay? He's only 24 years old. He turns 25 in December, in a few weeks. He turns 25. He's an outfielder. He's a right-handed hitting outfielder. And he has... decent walk numbers at the minor league level. They're pretty solid, Um, but he has some big time power numbers that he has been able to display Uh, in 37 games in high single a this year. He had a 754 
slugging percentage, not OPS, his slug was 754. Now, granted, less than 40 games, but his 37 games in high single A. He also then got promoted to double A, where he played in 38 games, had a 490 slug with a 354 on base percentage. Uh, strikes out a decent amount, walks a decent amount, but has some power potential in that bat. And I think that could play, can play multiple outfield, outfield positions. Someone to keep an eye out for, for sure. On the infield side of things, Malcolm Nunez is someone that has been thrown around by, by a lot of fan bases as someone to keep an eye out for. He is listed as a first baseman slash third baseman. However, he doesn't play third base particularly well. He doesn't really, he's not really a plus defender, but he's shown to be a really good hitter. And this is another dude that has had some really solid power numbers and he walks a lot. He has had a lot of success with his walk rate down in the minors and doesn't strike out too terribly much to get paired with it. That's obviously an awesome combination. He had a 134 WRC plus in, sorry, a 110 WRC plus in double A for the Cardinals and then a 134 WRC plus in double A for the Pirates this year where he played in both systems. Someone to keep an eye out for, for sure. Uh, again, some some raw power believed to be in there as well. Uh, I got two more. Who do we want to talk about right now? So, okay, let's talk about Cameron Misner, Tampa Bay Rays system. He is a lefty, granted, and I understand that Like my big thing was you can address righty outfielders, but just bear with me here. Uh, th- this is a, a an interesting case because he has some power numbers in the minors and some stolen base numbers and some good walk numbers. High walk rate, good slug, good home run numbers, 24 and 32 stolen bases the last two years. All really cool. Hasn't had a walk percentage under 11.3% at any level in his professional career. That is phenomenal. Okay. That's Scott Harris eating that up. Love, love, love some good walk numbers. The problem is he strikes out at an insane clip. Almost 30% of the time. It uh, did strike out 30% of the time in double A for Tampa Bay this year. So that's the one caveat to him. Giveth and taketh some power, some speed, some walks but going to strike out a lot in double A, I would imagine that that number would only increase when promoted to the major league level. So that's somebody for sure. All these guys are going to have like, so there's no perfect prospect or else they'd be on a 40 man roster. So all these dudes are going to kind of be shots in the dark and some risks. The one that I want to take a look at the most and maybe my favorite, is that the right word? I guess favorite is Corey Jolks, who is a right-handed hitting 26-year-old, will be 27 next year, outfielder from the Houston Astros organization. In AAA this year, he had 31 home runs and 22 stolen bases on almost a 10% walk rate, a K rate of only 21.5%, a slugging percentage over 500, had an OPS of about 854, high batting average to go along with it too, He absolutely mashed. And I guess my thought process is he's 27. This is like a point in his career where he's either a major leaguer or he's not. And so if you take that risk on him, I mean, like seriously, was one of the best hitters in AAA last year. Like one of the best offensive producers at the AAA level. 
when you take into account the power and the stolen bases. And, you know, for RBI lovers out there, he had 90 ribbies, like, in 130 games. So this is this is someone that, that can hit. And good enough defender at multiple outfield positions. I just, I feel like if he was ever going to get an opportunity, I think he'll be taken by someone. If he was ever going to get an opportunity to play at the major league level, like this would be it. And he's going to have to take it and run because again, like 27 years old, like older than the other guys that we've been talking about. So, um, and again, it doesn't work out. Then they go back. He goes back to Houston in July when you cut him, And like, that's all there is to it. It's no, no, no big deal either way. So those are some of the players to look at. But again, there's like a million. And so we could take anyone. And if we do take someone, we will break them down on tomorrow's show. If we don't take anyone, then guess what? We won't because there's no one to break down. So there you go. Let's talk just uh, – I want to get you all out of here. I don't want this to be like a 40-minute long episode. But let's talk a little bit about what's been happening around the league before I send you on your way. Uh, Cody Bellinger to the Cubs, one year, $17.5 million. No thank you for me. Um, I know a lot of people were like, oh, you know, we can get a former MVP winner. He was never going to sign a long-term deal because he's a Boris client and Boris wants him to sign one-year deals until he has a really good season. That's just what Cody Bellinger is going to do. He's just going to keep signing one-year deals over and over and over again until he has an all-star caliber season again. And then he will sign a long-term deal because Scott Boris is the best agent on the planet in any sport. And that is what good agents do. 17 and a half mil for one year for a dude that had an OPS like in the 500s, low 600s maybe last season. No thanks. I'm good. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, San Francisco, three years, 43 mil. Everyone's saying this doesn't take them out of Aaron Judge. Uh, also, we had to talk about the Aaron Judge frenzy. John Heyman just saying that Aaron Judge was going to San Francisco and then five minutes later going, whoops, my bad, just kidding. That was crazy. Uh, and, and then they signed Mitch, right, a, a few hours later. So he says that this doesn't take them out of the sweepstakes for Judge at all. Uh, I think I believe him. They have a lot of resources over there. They clearly want Judge very badly. Um, but I know that a lot of Tigers fans also wanted Mitch just because he's a right-handed hitting outfielder. And outside of Aaron Judge, he's the best right-handed hitting outfielder on the market. So um, I – there you go. Not a Detroit Tiger. Josh Bell to Cleveland. I love for Cleveland. That is a phenomenal signing, like a grade A signing. Um, Cleveland's going to be good, man. Cleveland's going to be going to be good. They have a pitching factory. Their offense is only getting better. They're really young and controllable. They're going to be around. They're going to be a problem for for the foreseeable future. Really like that deal a lot for Cleveland, though. Happy for Josh Bell. Um. Jace Peterson to Oakland, two-year deal. We kind of talked about him as a slight possibility that he was to um, be a Tiger and was maybe fill the third base void in Detroit. So there goes that option as well. Brandon Drury still out there. Uh, Brian, I think, is still out there. So Jace Peterson, one of a few options, but definitely one of the options we highlighted when talking about the future of third base. Um, What else? Andrew Heaney to the Rangers, fine. He kind of has home run-itis. So if he's not giving up homers, then he'll be a decent pitcher. If he's giving up homers, then he won't be. So we'll see. But that rotation we talked about the other day with DeGrom in a few years is going to be super fun. Um, John Lowe 
Free Press, congratulations. Former Tigers beat writer there getting uh, some love, getting some recognition from the uh, uh, from the Writers Association and whatnot, getting some awards and some accolades. So super cool. Congratulations to him. Only other piece of baseball news, I think, is uh, what else? That might be it. Oh, Yoshida. Yoshida was posted. One of the best uh, Japanese players uh, in the NPB has been posted as of Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. So as you're list- most of you are listening to this, I know I got some some early on the way to work listeners. So um, not not y'all, but for everybody else listening to this, if you're listening after 8 a.m., he was officially posted uh, one of the best hitters in the uh, NPB last season. So super cool to see him. We'll see the frenzy for him. I don't think the Tigers are in on him at all, but still will be a, always cool when players from around the world come over and are available to be signed in the majors. Okay, I think that's it. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For your next listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, that's it, I think. Oh, one more thing. Chris Castellani, I love you, brother. Love you to death. Um, yeah, love you, buddy. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all tomorrow. Maybe talking about a rule five pick, maybe talking about a move for the love of everything. (laughs) Go Tigers, baby.